Well, hello, it is Monday, February 19th, 2024. Monday, February 19th, 2024. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Got a lot of stuff today. A lot of stuff. And uh, your, your eyes are going to gloss over because I'm going to go over this Trump um, uh, uh, this Trump happening on Friday that, I, that I, I told you it was coming, right? Anyway, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you so much for coming every day. If you can, please bring someone along with you today or tomorrow, and you can tweet to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S, on formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, got a lot of stuff today. It's going to be, it's going to be almost an hour. Didn't I say it would happen? We're going to start as we usually do with the war in Ukraine. Uh, Adding to the anguish felt by Alexei Navalny's family, his mother and his team have reportedly been denied access to his body and told by investigators that the official probe into his death is being extended. And it's unclear how long it will take. Huh. How long does it take for Novichok to uh, leave the body? To be, uh, uh, so you can't uh, test for it. Hmm. Uh, Anyway. You didn't think they'd give up the body, did you? Uh, Yulia Navalnaya, the widow of Navalny, said they are cowardly and meanly hiding his body, refusing to give it to his mother. Navalnaya, who lives in exile outside Russia, accused the Russian authorities of lying miserably while waiting for his uh, the trace of another Putin's Novichok to disappear. Novonaya urged Russians to share not only the grief and endless pain that has enveloped and gripped us, but also my rage, as she vowed to continue with her husband's mission to reveal Putin's alleged misdeeds and end his long reign of power over Russia. Hundreds of people who have dared to honor Navalny publicly since he died on Friday have been arrested. Of course, Biden and many other world leaders say Putin bears responsibility for his most prominent critics' demise. Western officials have been highly critical of uh, the Kremlin following Navalny's death in uh, that Russian uh, penal colony uh, above the Arctic Circle, saying there was little doubt in their eyes that Russian President Vladimir Putin was ultimately responsible for the death of his political opponent. The Russian president was pictured smiling during a visit with factory workers shortly after the news of Navalny's uh, death broke on Friday, but he still hasn't commented publicly. World leaders, including Biden, have vowed to hold those responsible for Navalny's death to account. Gee, I wonder who those might be. Uh, Today, Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky-Peskov confirmed an investigation is underway into the death of Russian oppo- uh, opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Oh, yeah, right. And insisted that all due actions are being taken to determine the circumstances surrounding his demise. The Kremlin has denied any involvement in blocking the return of Navalny's body to his relatives. <clears throat> the Kremlin slammed the West's reaction to Alexei Uh, Navalny's death, saying statements from Western politicians condemning Navalny's death in Russian custody were unacceptable. Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky-Peskov said the results of an investigation into Navalny's sudden death on Friday had not yet been made public. In this regard, uh, the results are not known. Therefore, in conditions when there is no real information, we consider it absolutely unacceptable to make such, let's say, frankly, boorish statements. This is not befitting government officials from whom we heard such statements, which is everybody in the world. Uh, Trump finally addressed Navalny's death with a post on Truth Social today, breaking his silence after coming under fire for not commenting on the matter over the weekend. The post didn't mention Putin or Russia. He didn't want to blame Putin, his buddy. However, Instead, Trump made the Alexei Navalny's death all about Trump. He posted on his failing social media platform, 
The sudden death of Alexei Navalny has made me more and more aware of what is happening in our country. It is slow, steady progression with crooked, radical left politicians, prosecutors and judges leading us down a path to destruction. Open borders, raid elections and grossly unfair courtroom decisions are destroying America. We are a nation in decline, a failing nation. MAGA 2024. <laughs> I'm sorry, didn't mean to laugh. <clears throat> yes, I did. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has won the backing of her German center-right party for a second term, putting her in strong position to clinch another five years running the European Union's executive body, which I'm sure she will. She's been doing a good, good job, I say. I think she has. <clears throat> Today, Russia's defense ministry said that Ukraine previously poisoned the Moscow's installed governors of Ukraine, Kherson, and Luhansk regions, though both were still alive. In an online briefing, Moscow said Ukraine poisoned Moscow, appointed Kherson leader Vladimir Saldo in August 2022, and Luhansk Governor Leonard Pashinyak in December 2023. So why do you think they're bringing this up now? I suppose they are releasing this news now because of all the news about Navalny. Remember, Putin poisoned him. After months of requests from Ukrainian officials, the Biden administration is working towards providing Ukraine with powerful new long-range ballistic missiles. Late last year, the U.S. began to supply Ukraine with Army tactical missile systems known as ATACMS, uh, Army TAC Missile Systems, MS. Attackums, but so far it has provided only the older medium-range attackums. Officials said that uh, now the U.S. is leaning towards sending the longer-range versions of the missiles, which would allow Ukraine to strike further, excuse me, farther inside the Russian-held Crimean Peninsula. But U.S. funding for armed shipments to Ukraine remains uncertain because of opposition from former President Donald Trump and his Republican psycho-right allies in Congress. Like I said, who would you compare Trump to? Maybe his buddy Putin? Is that who you would compare him to? China's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Wang Yi, has assured Dmitry Kaliba, uh, the Foreign Affairs uh, uh, Secretary for uh, Ukraine, that um, Beijing does not sell lethal weapons to Russia. During uh, uh, the meeting on the sidelines of the Munich Security Conference on the 17th of February, Wang reportedly told Kaliba that China does not take any advantage of the situation and does not sell lethal weapons to conflict areas or parties to the conflict. I, there was a lot of parsing in that sentence. Did you notice that? Uh, did you notice he did not say he didn't trade for weapons? Did you uh, notice he didn't say, uh, well, I don't know, are, are rifles... Lethal weapons? Really? Don't you hate parsings of words? Anyway, Wang Yi said, no matter how the international situation changes, China hopes that China-Ukraine relations will develop normally and continue to benefit the two peoples. We will continue to play a constructive role in bringing an early end to the war and reestablishing peace. Even if there is only a glimmer of hope for peace, China will not give up its efforts. But Wang Yi, I don't understand how you can be, be saying this. The U.S. is considering slapping sanctions on Chinese companies it believes are helping Russia fuel its war in Ukraine, marking the first direct apportioning of blame towards Beijing since the start of the war. Democratic uh, Senator Gerald Connolly, member of the U.S. House Committee on Foreign Relations on Saturday, said that lawmakers were already considering such plans after similar measures were proposed last week by the EU. The EU. We, we did that story by the EU. <clears throat> Speaking on his way into the summit of foreign ministers in Brussels today, Estonia's foreign minister, Margus Tshishenya, uh, called Vladimir Putin a murderer and said Ukraine urgently needs more ammunition. Uh, didn't I say India was profiting off of Russia in many, many, many stories over the last couple of years? I said this like a year ago, at least. Uh, Russia had a record $37 billion of crude oil sales to India last year, according to a new analysis, which concludes that some of the crude was refined by India and then exported to the U.S. 
has oil products worth more than a billion dollars, which means you supported Putin. If you bought a gallon of gas, you probably supported Putin. This flow of payments comes from India increasing its purchases of Russian crude by over 13 times its pre-war amounts. While Russian crude sales to India are not subject to sanctions and are entirely legitimate, an examination of shipping routes by experts suggests this huge volume of shipments might involve the so-called shadow fleet of uh, crude tankers, uh, as in oil crude tankers, uh, especially created by Moscow to try to disguise who it is trading with and how to maximize Kremlin's profits. Uh, news organizations witnessed this in the Greek port of Githio uh, earlier this month. Two oil tankers, one massive, one uh, the other one smaller, sided si- uh, up next to each other for a ship-to-ship transfer, which involves passing crude oil between vessels, sometimes with the aim of disguising its origin and ultimate destination. Both tankers embarked from Russia weeks earlier. One is owned by an Indian-based company accused of involvement in sanctions violations, and the other was previously owned by an individual subject to separate U.S. sanctions. Dozens of similar transfers occurred each week in the uh, Laconian Gulf of Greece, a convenient waypoint en route to the Suez Canal and Asian markets. Earlier in February, the U.S. Treasury rolled out a new package of sanctions against ships and companies suspected of helping move Russia crude in violation of U.S. sanctions in a bid to impede the functioning of uh, Russia's shadow fleet. The shadow fleet has enabled Russia to create a parallel shipping structure that can weather the changing uh, tactics of focus of Western sanctions with hundreds of tankers of opaque ownership using complex routes. Windward estimates that this fleet grew to 1,800 vessels last year. India has justified its purchases from Russia as a means to keeping global prices lower as it's not competing with Western nations for Middle Eastern oil. The analysis by CREA estimated the U.S. was the biggest buyer of refined products from India made from Russian crude last year. I would call your representative about this. Uh, Worth $1.3 billion between early December 2022 when the price cap was introduced and the end of 2023. That's how much oil, how much gas I paid. And I'd like to sue uh, the oil company that I've bought gas from in the last year to to find out if they get uh, crude from India. I'd like to know that. Danish Prime Minister Met Fredriksen announced Denmark will send its entire stock of ammunition to Kyiv, becoming the first to do so and appealing to the other European nations to do more to help Ukraine. Fredriksen said they, the, as in the Ukrainians, are asking us for ammunition now, artillery now. From the Danish side, we decided to donate our entire artillery. Fredriksen said European leaders often refer to production problems as obstacles to increasing supplies. She said, sorry to say, friends, there is still military equipment in stocks in Europe. It is not only a question about production because we have weapons, we have ammunition. We have air defense systems that we don't have to use ourselves at the moment. That must be handed over to Ukraine. I, I don't agree with that entirely. You need to keep some stuff just in case. Uh, more war crimes. Ukraine has launched an investigation into allegations that Russian forces executed eight unarmed Ukrainian soldiers after they took control of the city of Avdivka, uh, which happened over the weekend, by the way. Ukraine Form quoted the security agency as saying in a statement under the procedural supervision of the Donetsk Regional Prosecutor's Office, a pretrial investigation has been initiated into the violation of the laws of cus- and customs of war combined with the premeditated murder uh, part 2, Article 438 of the Criminal Code of Ukraine. Ukraine Forum said evidence of the killings was shared on the Telegram messaging app, including footage showing a Russian sh- soldier shooting two captured Ukrainian soldiers at close range. Summary execution. That's what we call it here in the United States. It's illegal. It's against international law. Russian forces 
are consolidating their hold on Avdivka after capturing the city at the weekend. Uh, Russian troops say they have now taken full control of the Donetsk city's chemical and coke plant. Russian news agency TASS, uh, citing Russia's defense ministry, stated that Russian forces had now completely liberated the coke plant in Avdivka. The flags of the Russian Federation have been hoisted on the buildings of the enterprise. Wait till we get that, that aid over to Ukraine. We really need it over there. Republicans, please begin to listen to me. Army Chief Alexander Sirisky said, uh, his, this is his first statement, his first weekly statement, I guess. Ukraine's military said it shot down two more Russian warplanes used to drop highly destructive guided aerial bombs on Kyiv's troops. The destructive, uh, destroyed planes were an Su-34 fighter bomber and an Su-35 fighter. Over the weekend, Ukraine said it shot down three Russian Su-34s and one Su-35. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. <clears throat> a lot to cover, a lot to cover. The United Nations, the ICJ, uh, International Criminal, uh, excuse me, International Court of Justice, has opened hearings today into the legality of Israel's 57-year uh, occupation of lands sought by Palestinian state. The court in the past has already found against Israel for its illegal settlements. Six days of hearings are scheduled at the International Court of Justice, during which an unprecedented number of countries will participate. They will have a lot to answer to, though the case occurs, when I say they, Israel will have a lot to answer to, though the case occurs against the backdrop of the Israel-Hamas war, it focuses instead on Israel's open-ended occupation of the West Bank and Gaza and East Jerusalem. Palestinian representatives, <coughs> excuse me, who spoke first today argued that Israel, Israeli occupation is illegal because it has violated three key tenets of international law. They say that Israel has violated the prohibition on territorial con conquest by annexing large swaths of occupied land, has violated the Palestinians' right to self-determination, and has imposed a system of racial discrimination and apartheid. Omar Awadallah, the head of the UN Organizations Department in the Palestinian Foreign Ministry said, we want to hear new words from the court. They've had to consider the word genocide in South Africa's case. Now we want them to consider apartheid. The court will likely take months to rule, but experts say the decision, though not legally binding, could profoundly impact international jurisprudence, international aid to Israel, and public opinion. Yuval Shaney, a law professor at Hebrew University and senior fellow of the Israel Democracy Institute, said the case will put before the court a litany of accusations and allegations and grievances which are probably going to be uncomfortable and embarrassing for Israel, given the war and the already polarized international environment. I will say uncomfortable and embarrassing is an understatement because many countries will look at what happened, happens at the ICJ and just cut off Israel, uh, cut off themselves from Israel entirely. Israel will argue that October 7th is proof that their occupation is needed, while the rest of the world will say their occupation and apartheid caused October 7th. Israel can't, won't be at this hearing, by the way. They're not allowed. Uh, Israel rejects the idea that there is apartheid, but it, 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 of course, it quacks like a duck. And that will be seen as a ridiculous statement. It is seen as a ridiculous statement. Israel captured the West Bank, East Jerusalem, and the Gaza Strip in 1967 Mideast War. The Palestinians seek all three areas for an independent state. Israel considers the West Bank to be disputed territory whose future should be decided in negotiations. Yes, I negotiate going back to the 1948 borders. Israel has built 146 settlements, according to the watchdog, uh, watchdog group Peace Now, home to more than 500,000 Jewish settlers. The West Bank settler population has grown by more than 15% in the last five years, according to the pro-settler group. Israel also has annexed East Jerusalem and considers the entire city to be its capital. The international community overwhelmingly considers the settlements to be illegal. Israel's annexation of East Jerusalem 
home to the city's most sensitive holy sites, is not internationally recognized. In 2004, the court said that the separation barrier Israel built through East Jerusalem and parts of the West Bank was contrary to international law. It also called on Israel to immediately halt construction. Israel has ignored that ruling, just like they ignore most rulings from the world court. In the hearing, <clears throat> an attorney representing Palestine and the United Nations highest court called out the U.S. for routinely defending Israel's violations of international law, including its brutal 57-year occupation of Gaza, the West Bank, and East Jerusalem. And we've brought that up in stories time and time again. Paul Reichler, an American lawyer in front of the International uh, Court of Justice, uh, said the two outliers among nations that have intervened in the ICJ case on Israel's occupation are Fiji and the United States. Uh, this is not surprising. Whatever offenses against international law Israel commits, the United States comes forward to shield it from accountability. In its written submission to the ICJ, Reichler noted that U.S. argues that belligerent occupation is governed exclusively by international humanitarian law and not by the U.N. Charter or general international law. Here, the United States attempts to defend Israel not by arguing that the occupation is lawful, but that it is neither lawful nor unlawful, adding that such position runs directly counter to that of its allies, including France and Switzerland. Reichler asked just how far in disregarding the international legal order will the United States go to exempt Israel from the consequences of its ongoing violation of peremptory norms, including the prohibition on acquisition of territory by force. Apparently, very far indeed. The U.S. is set to deliver its arguments in the case on Wednesday. Israel will not be participating. Israeli forces have killed 29,000 people in Gaza since October 7th. Can we just call it 40,000 if we include everybody buried under the rubble? <clears throat> I didn't know what the big deal is. I've done it. Others have done it. Call me out for it. Speaking earlier yesterday uh, in Addis uh, Adaba at the African Union Summit, Lula called what is happening in the Gaza Strip a genocide. He said what is happening in the Gaza Strip with the Palestinian people has no parallel in history. Indeed, it occurred when Hitler decided to kill the Jews. It's not a war of soldiers against soldiers. It's a war between highly prepared army and women and children. What's not true about that? Come on, it's all true. Uh, and, like, and like me, he also condemned Hamas after its gunmen killed at least 1,200 people and seized uh, 253 hostages in a surprise attack on October 7th. I've called out Hamas for that. Of course I have. What Hamas did was horrible. But the citizens of Gaza and the West Bank should not have to pay for what Hamas did. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said on formerly Twitter that Lula was trivializing the Holocaust and trying to harm the Jewish people in Israel's right to defend itself, saying that comparing Israel to the Nazi Holocaust and Hitler is crossing a red line. No, it's not! Israel fights for its defense and securing its future until complete victory, and it does so while upholding international law. Israeli Foreign Minister Israel Katz also posted on uh, formerly Twitter saying, No one will harm Israel's right to defend itself. I have ordered the people of my office to summon the Brazilian ambassador for a reprimand call tomorrow. Nobody cares. Uh, Brazil and South Africa are members of the BRICS group of countries, along with Russia. Just to remind you, uh, it, 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 BRICS is an alliance of some of the world's most important developing economies brought together to challenge wealthier Western nations. Uh, Foreign Minister Israel Katz declared Brazilian President L uh, um, Lula, uh, uh, Lula's uh, Inácio Lula de Silva, personal non grata today over his comparison of Israel's war against Hamas to the Holocaust. 
on the ground <clears throat> in Gaza. The World Health Organization has said the territory's Nasser Hospital has ceased to function following the Israeli raid. The IDF said its operation was precise and limited and accused Hamas of cynically using hospitals for terror. Efforts to broker a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas have been taking place in Cairo, though Qatar uh, mediators said recent progress was not very promising. Uh, if you saw this weekend's news shows, you'll know Biden is running on reproductive rights. That's what Amy Klobuchar said and others talked about. Uh, that is not enough. Biden has lost half of his voting base on the dismal approval rating of what he's doing in Israel. The only thing that might help if uh, help him is if Netanyahu steps down and negotiations start on a two-state solution. Trump and his MAGA movement have made clear that they are foes of abortion rights and other reproductive justice uh, priorities, but it doesn't matter as long as Israel stays as a thorn in Biden's side. It's not going to be enough. He's not going to be. It's not, it's not going to be enough argument to get a lot of people voting for Biden because of this Israel crap. Biden is being an idiot. Huffington Post pointed out that the devastation of Gaza has caused a growing rift in the reproductive rights movement. Uh, half of them, you know, a lot of people are saying, it's screw Biden. Uh, Biden attended a rally on the 51st anniversary of Roe v. Wade, and the president was interrupted over a dozen times as security struggled to wrangle protesters who were screaming genocide Joe and demanding cease fire. Frustration with Biden's response to what other world leaders and legal scholars are calling Israel's genocidal war on Gaza is affecting everyone's thoughts on the election, and it does not look good. While last week, Trump said that he likes the idea of a 16-week national abortion ban. But of course, that would be the minimum he would allow Republican states to continue shortening it to whatever they have, six weeks? Is that what it is? The Philippines is accusing Chinese fishermen of poisoning the ecosystem of the bountiful but contested fishing areas of the South China Sea. Nazario Brigera, a spokesperson for the South, uh, Southeast Asian Countries Fisheries Bureau, said uh, Saturday, these Chinese fishermen use cyanide. The Philippines and China have been at loggerheads over the Scarborough Shoal since a territorial spat in 2012 escalated to the point where China seized de facto control over the area. The shoal is situated within the Philippines' 200 nautical mile exclusive economic zone, which is the EEZ, which according to international maritime law, grants it the sole right to the national resources found within. Brigera claimed that Chinese fishing crews were deploying the toxin to intentionally damage the shoal and discourage Philippine fishermen from operating in the area, which China claims as its own, as it does with most of the South China Sea. He said, this is a clear case of illegal, unreported, and undocumented fishing. He estimated the alleged cyanide use may have already inflicted more than 17.8 million in damage, but added that the agency hasn't begun a formal investigation. So now you're a little confused as to why they're equating cyanide dumping uh, 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 dumping, and fishing. Originally, cyanide uh, in this use was developed as a means of incapacitating live fish to collect for aquariums. Cyanide is now frequently used, including by Philippine fisherfolk, to capture seafood. Cyanide fishing may not be as rampant as it as in the 1970s and 1980s, but it's still being done in the Philippines uh, and apparently China. In September, the Philippines announced it would go forward with a lawsuit over the innumerable or, uh, and immeasurable damage alleging, uh, allegedly wrought by Chinese fishermen harvesting coral within the Philippines' EEZ, uh, economic zone, whatever, you know, that thing. So I told you to watch it on Friday. And it happened. At this point, it's no longer news. It's old. 
And this is a long story. Your eyes are going to glass over, but I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Trump and his company are responsible for $355 million. His adult sons, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump, owe $4 million each. And longtime executive Alan Weisselberg was fined $1 million. On Friday, New York Supreme Court Justice Arthur Angeron ordered Trump, his two sons, and his associates to pay $364 million in fines and barred the former U.S. president from serving as an officer or director of any New York corporation or other legal entity in New York for a period of three years. Trump, will, Trump also may not go to any New York-based banks to borrow money to pay these bills. The $355 million judgment also has 9% interest required by New York state law, which, if you add that to E. Jean Carroll's uh, a win, makes it well over a half billion dollars. Add to that, Trump is going to appeal, allowing the interest to build, but the interest on these millions is already backdated several years. I, and, and that's how this ended up being a lot more than it is. I mean, even without E. Jean Carroll, it's almost a half billion, just shy of a half billion. Okay, this is how it works. The $355 million interest on these millions is already backdated several years. Uh, the 355 million is suddenly about 475 million with the backdated interest. Trump has 30 days to come up with the cash or put properties of that value up for collateral. If you remember, the former president and the Trump organization whose top executives included uh, his sons were accused by New York Attorney General Letitia James, a Democrat, of repeated and persistent fraud, including falsifying financial statements by as much as $2.2 billion. In his ruling, Angeron took issue with Trump's refusal to admit error. Error. Angeron said, <clears throat> After some four years of investigation and litigation, the only error inadvertent, of course. He actually put that in there. <laughs> that the that they acknowledge is the tripling of the size of Trump Tower penthouse, which cannot be gainsaid. Their complete lack of contrition and remorse borders on pathological. They are accused only of inflating as asset values to make more money. The documents prove this over and over again. Defendants did not commit murder or arson. They did not rob a bank at gunpoint. Donald, not at gunpoint. <laughs> they still robbed the bank. Uh, Donald Trump is not Bernie Madoff. Yet defendants are incapable of admitting the error of their ways. Instead, they adopt a see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil posture that the evidence bellies. This court is not constituted to judge morality. It is constituted to find facts and apply the law. In this particular case, in applying the law to the facts, the court intends to protect the integrity of the financial marketplace and thus the public as a whole. Defendants' refusal to admit error, indeed, to continue it, according to the Independent Monitor, constrains this court to conclude that they will engage in it going forward unless judicially restrained. Then Engeron said that the judge that had been, uh, had been assigned to the corporation, Judge Barbara Jones, shall continue in her role as independent monitor for a period of no less than three years. The Trump Organization shall be required to obtain prior approval, not, as things are now, subsequent review from Judge Jones before submitting any financial disclosure to a third party so that such disclosures may be reviewed beforehand for material misrepresentations. In other words, before she was, uh, uh, all this stuff, uh, all, the, uh, all these financial disclosures she was looking at after the fact. Now that she will look at them before they even go out. Not only that, she gets to decide how to proceed. Engeron said, within 30 days of the decision of the order, Judge Jones shall submit a proposed order to the court outlining the specific authority she believes that she needs to keep defendants honest. Oh, that's going to be a lot of authority to keep them honest. And the obligations of defendants to effectuate a productive and enhanced monitorship going forward. But she is just reviewing what's done. Engeron said... 
In addition to the continued monitorship, the court hereby orders that an independent director of compliance be installed at the Trump organization who shall be responsible for ensuring good financial and accounting pr- practices. In other words, she doesn't write it. Somebody, somebody else is going to be writing these things and then she's going to be reviewing them. In his decision, Angeron brought up Trump's history of malfeasance. He said in August 2013, this is all in the decision. In August 2013, Office of Attorney General sued Donald Trump, the Trump Organization, and affiliates, uh, affiliated entities doing business as Trump University for fraud in the marketing and operation of Trump University. That litigation was resolved as part of a class action settlement in which Donald Trump and Trump Organization agreed to pay $25 million to Trump University clients. In June 2018, the Office of Attorney General, the OAG, sued Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and others for persistent violations of law arising out of Donald J. Trump Foundation, including failure to follow basic fiduciary obligations or implement even elementary corporate formalities required by law. That litigation was resolved in November 2019 pursuant to a settlement that included the dissolution of the foundation and a requirement that Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump attend training on the responsibilities of officers and directors of charitable organizations. On May 3rd, 2022, the Trump Organization and Trump Old Post Office, LLC, entered into a settlement agreement with the Office of Attorney General for the District of Columbia, arising out of allegations that the 58th Presidential Inaugural Committee paid excessive fees to the Old Post Office, LLC, which belonged to Trump, that accused excuse me, accrued to uh, defendant's benefit. And finally, as previously noted on August 18, 2022, Weisselberg pleaded guilty to 15 criminal counts of tax fraud, including four counts of falsifying business records while at the Trump Organization. In that same case, the Trump Organization, the Donald J. Trump Revocable Trust, and DJT Holdings, LLC, were convicted of 17 criminal counts arising out of tax fraud, including seven counts of falsifying business records. The financial judgments were as ordered. Okay, I'm going to round round out these orders to large dollar amounts, right? You know, I'm not going to get into the, you know, single dollar, you know. I think think one of the Trump brothers was uh, $4,006,013 or something like that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. So this is what's ordered. The defendants, Donald Trump, the Donald J. Trump Revocable Trust, the Trump Organization, Incorporated Trump Organization, LLC, DJT Holdings, LLC, DJT Holdings Managing Member, Trump Endeavor, 12 LLC, 401 North Wabash Venture, LLC, Trump Old Post Office, LLC, 40 Wall Street, LLC, are jointly and severely liable to plaintiff in the amount of 168 million dollars with pre-judgment interest from March 4th, 2019. But New York State requires interest to be 9%. So if you're wondering why this $355 million is suddenly going to be a half a billion, I'm going to explain it right now. This, this first $168 million pre-judgment interest from March 4th, 2019, that's five years at 9% interest. I could be wrong, but that alone is $90 million in interest. $90 million ordered. This is this, uh, also ordered that defendant Donald Trump, the Donald uh, J. Trump Revocable Trust, the Trump Organization Incorporated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, are jointly and severally liable to plaintiff in the amount of, the plaintiff is New York, in the amount of $126 million with a pre-judgment interest from May 11, 2022, which comes to $23 million in interest. 9%. Also ordered that defendants Donald Trump, the Donald J. Trump Revocable Trust, the Trump Organization Incorporated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are jointly and severally, severally liable to plaintiff New York in the amount of $60 million worth of prejudgment interest from June 26, 2023, which comes to only uh, a measly $5.5 million in interest. 
Order, also ordered that defendant Eric Trump is liable to plaintiff in the amount of $4 million with prejudgment interest from May 11th, 2022, which is also around, what, how much is that? I, I, didn't, I didn't even figure out how much interest that is. Uh, let's call it a million dollars. I don't know. Maybe a million dollars. Uh, also ordered that defendant Donald Trump Jr. is liable uh, for $4 million. Yeah, Donald Trump Jr. is, uh, it was Eric Trump. Now it's Donald Trump Jr. in the amount of $4 million. Uh, it was, that was the one where it was like, it ended up being $4 million and 6000 and something. And both both the, the brothers got the exact same amount. Uh, and that's pretrial interest uh, from uh, May 11, 2022. Also ordered that uh, defendant Alan Weisselberg is liable to a plaintiff in the amount of $1 million with prejudgment interest from January 9th, 2023. Uh, uh, that's about a year of interest, so 9% on that, $90,000. Uh, ordered the defendants Alan Weisselberg and Jeffrey McConey are hereby permanently enjoined from serving in the financial control function of any New York corporation or similar business entity registered or licensed in New York State. They got permanently barred from New York and also ordered the defendants Donald Trump, Alan Weisselberg, and Jeffy, uh, Jeffrey McConey are hereby enjoined from service as an officer or director of any New York corporation or other other legal entity in New York for a period of three years. Uh, might that might be past? Uh, 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 you know that might be until Donald Trump's death. Who knows? Also ordered the defendants Donald Trump, uh, the Donald Trump, uh, J Trump Revocable Trust, the Trump Organization, Incorporated Trump Organization LLC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, are hereby enjoined from applying for loans from any financial institution chartered by or registered with the New York Department of Financial Services for a period of three years. Also ordered that defendants Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. are hereby, hereby enjoined from serving as an officer or director of any New York corporation or other legal entity in New York for a period of two years. Ordered, also ordered, that this court's September 26, 2023 decision and order is hereby modified solely to extent to the extent of vacating the directive to cancel defendant's business certificates with prejudice to renewal upon the recommendation of the independent monitor or based on substantial evidence. In other words, they don't get their license back until the monitor says so. Uh, ordered, also ordered that the honorable... Barbara Jones, that's the judge that's, that's watching over the uh, stuff, shall continue in her role as independent monitor for no less than three years. No less than three years. That means she decides that she needs to stay longer. <laughs> uh, order that within 30 days of the date of this decision and order that Honorable Barbara Jones shall submit to the courts a proposed order outlining the specific authority that she needs and the obligations of defendants in order to effectuate a productive and enhanced monitorship going forward. Also ordered that an independent director of compliance shall be installed at the Trump Organization at defendant's expense. They have to pay somebody to run it to ensure compliance with financial reporting obligations and to establish internal written accounting and financial reporting protocols. And it is further ordered that within 30 days of the date of this decision, an order by Honorable uh, Barbara Jones shall submit to the court a list of persons who she recommends to be appointed to the Trump Organization's Independent Director of Compliance, the guy that's going to be doing all the work and that Trump is going to have to pay. Let it be me. <laughs> I'll run that corporation into the ground. At one point, it was estimated that Trump had about $400 million in cash on hand, but I'm unsure right now. Either way, he will have to put up properties. And all these, all this interest is what's killing him. Half billion dollars. And don't forget E. Jean Carroll, 83 million in one case and 5 million in the other case. Right? <clears throat> and can I just say, ugly E E E with four E's. They are ugly. Over the weekend, Trump had to find a way to put his huge decision, uh, to pay his huge decision that will cost him a half billion dollars. So he introduced his $399, let's just call it $400 gold high top sneakers, red, gold, and blue. You know, America's colors, red, gold, and blue. 
<laughs> the shoes called the Never Surrender High Top Sneaker. Oh, come on. You cannot use Never Surrender. That's from, that's from, what is that movie from? That, that, uh, uh, oh, Tim Allen movie. That one where he played, oh man, you can't borrow that. The Never Surrender High Top Sneaker sells for $399. The pair along with two low top sneakers and a $99 bottle of Victory 47 perfume and cologne were available for purchase on the new website. And I got to know what that cologne smells like. But, okay, please don't buy me any cologne. I don't want to smell it. I really don't. I just want to, I want to smell it once just so I can puke. On Saturday, Trump said, I just want to tell you, I've wanted to do this for a long time. I have some incredible, incredible people that work with me on things and they came up with this. And this is something I've been talking about for 12, 13 years. And I think it's going to be a big success. Success. Only 1,000 pairs of the gold shoes were available per the sneaker website. Uh, that doesn't mean they won't be more available, which described the sneakers as super limited. At least 10 of the gold sneakers were randomly autographed by Trump. Trump also launched the T Red Wave sneaker and the POTUS 45, both priced at $199 for those sneakers. The company called 45 Footwear LLC established itself less than a month ago. It should be noted that Trump and the company has so far refused to say where the shoes were made. China, maybe? I was trying to uh, investigate that, but I couldn't figure it out. I, I, I was looking all over the internet for similar treads so I could find the company. I haven't found it yet. I will. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> talk about greedy criminal corporations. Let's talk about Amazon. If you can't fight your case on its merits, you have to attack the messenger to stop those messages from coming. Fighting accusations from prosecutors at the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB, the Amazon illegally retaliated against warehouse workers who unionized. The company submitted to a legal filing arguing that the NLRB itself is unconstitutional. They keep on losing cases against the NLRB. They might as well throw a long bomb in hopes of getting a touchdown. Amazon claimed it did not break the law by limiting workers' access to the warehouse, which the NLRB said last year was a transparent effort to quash union activity. In its filing, the company also claimed the structure of the NLRB violates the separation of powers by impeding the executive power provided by, for in Article 2 of the United States Constitution. In January, a lawyer for, and, and you're going to hate this, a lawyer for the grocery chain Trader Joe's argued in its NLRB hearing over union busting charges because uh, uh, um, they pay people pretty good, but they're still not union. You know, you still don't get everything you need. Uh, union busting charges that the board, which was created nearly 90 years ago under the New Deal, is unconstitutional. Trader Joe's is arguing that including but not limited to the structure and organization of the National Labor Relations Board and the agency's administrative law judges. That claim came weeks after uh, astronautics company SpaceX, owned by Tesla CEO Elon Musk, currently the second richest person on Earth, claimed that the NLRB's enforcement proceedings violate the company's right to a jury trial and plus make him the second instead of the first most richest. He didn't say that part. I added that. Uh, unable to hold back labor any longer, Amazon is arguing that the NLRB's very existence is unconstitutional. Amazon, along with Google and Apple and Facebook and others, have been accused of antitrust violations around the world. The European Commission is set to fine Apple about 500 million euros, euros which is like $540 million. It's not much. Not for Google, it's not much. Over alleged breaches of EU competition law, which, to be honest, is nothing to Apple. You know? I mean, seriously, $540 million? That's, that's equivalent to the lint connected to the coins in my pocket. <laughs> Brussels first launched an investigation into allegations that Apple hindered third-party uh, music services on its devices 
and favors it, favored its own Apple Music service after Spotify filed a formal complaint to regulators in 2019. By the way, Spotify is in the Netherlands. It's based there. In most regions, Apple's App Store rules prohibit companies such as Spotify from billing users for subscriptions directly with the app, making them instead use Apple's App Store billing services, which takes a cut of up to 30%. Brussels formally charged Apple in an anti-competitive probe in 2021, but narrowed the scope of the investigation last year, abandoning a charge of pushing developers to use its in-app payment systems. The latest version of the probe focused on whether Apple had restricted apps from informing users about cheaper subscription alternatives outside of its native app store and thus violated EU comp competition laws. The findings of the investigation will lead to the commission accusing Apple of abusing its powerful position and banning its unfair trading conditions. Regarding its music service subscription policies, in Apple's case, the Digital Markets Act will require it to allow third-party developers to distribute ads outside the iOS store and for those apps to bill their customers directly. Uh, uh, skirting that 30%, of course. Apple has made moves to address EU regulations by announcing changes to its iOS, Safari, and the App Store in the EU, and announced that it will soon allow software developers to distribute their apps to Apple devices via alternative sources. Oh, yeah, long one today. Sorry about that. That's it. Thanks for listening. Monday, February 19th, 2024. Monday, February 19th, 2024. Man, do I appreciate you so much for coming every day. It's very nice of you. Uh, bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. If you want to call it a tweet, you can X to me. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.